you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here with Sin City Steve and Simon Street, the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. Fortunately, DJ Impact is not with us tonight. Uh, he is spending time with the family as spring break wraps up here, and he'll be back with us next week. Uh, three count. We always talk about three topics of the uh, week that uh, people have been talking about or reporting on. And uh, this week we're going to start off with the first topic here. Uh, this comes from BleacherReport.com. Undertaker impressed with Triple H's booking. Uh, Triple H received a great deal of praise since taking over as WWE head of creative during the summer. And one person who has been particularly impressed with his work is The Undertaker. Speaking to Ariel Helwani, uh, the WWE Hall of Famer said of the game, he's done great. He has always been such a creative force, even when he was such a talent. He always had a great ideas. It was a perfect position, I think, for him. I think he's done a really, really good job and under really difficult situations, too. Vince McMahon retired from his roles as chairman, CEO, and head of creative last year. And at that time, it was clear that Triple H was the right choice to take the creative reins. The 53-year-old built NXT into arguably the most popular part of WWE programming for several years and proved his worth as a creative thought leader during that time. In recent months, his greatest success has been building two red-hot babyfaces simultaneously in Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, which could give him two WrestleMania 39 main events. Of course, Roman Reigns versus Rhodes for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship is already locked into the Night 2 main event, and the Night 1 headliner still needs to be announced. It could be pointing to Sami Zayn teaming up with Kevin Owens to challenge the Usos for the tag team titles. Um, and then, of course, there's some other matches listed here for WrestleMania. Simon Street, this is your story. All right, man, what's the take on this? What are we looking at? So pretty much take on this one is, is you know, with WrestleMania kind of, you know, obviously right here on the prefaces of the next couple of weeks. I think it's important for us to kind of look back at a glance at something that we've talked about at Ignazium over and over again, and that is Triple H. And I'm not saying give him a, a you know, report card or anything like that, but I am saying look at, you know, uh, the conversation that was had with The Undertaker, and he was talking about you know, how Triple H was essentially able to do something that <clears throat> I'm not going to say hasn't been done before in the WWE, but something that he's been doing. And if you look out even outside of that with other characters, he's been doing that, you know, particularly what the article was stating was, you know, with, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn, you know, that it's not always easy to do. You know, you can do it, but you can't do it as well as you did with both of them. And uh, again, it's something given equal time. And, 
if you look at since Triple uh, Triple H has been in, you know, the position that he's been in, he he's been able to be very, 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 very tactical with how he wants to let certain people shine, giving people that airtime, making sure that stories are consistent, building the right people and being consistent, making it be believable. And he's not just done this with the two people that were mentioned in his article. He's done it with other people as well, cultivating that over time. I'm not here to say that, you know, Vince McMahon didn't do that. Yeah, sometimes he did do that. But uh, Triple H is exceedingly flawless at it almost. Like, you know, and a lot of that goes when you read into the article with um, Undertaker stating that, you know, he's always had great ideas. You've heard other stories of, you know, Triple H, you know, being in those creative meetings, you know, first one in the meeting, last one out of the meeting, really <clears throat> taking on uh, opportunity to understand the business on all ends, not just as uh, a person in the ring, but also outside of it. And again, as we get ready to watch WrestleMania coming up, we're going to start seeing a WrestleMania that I think is more Triple H's style. Not to say that what we saw last year wasn't, but I'm saying we're going to start seeing more of that opportunity of from point A to point B, you know, really what we're going to start seeing repetitiously because, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's doing an excellent job, like really excellent job. And so I wanted to just kind of share this article with you guys, see what your take is on it as well. Um, you know, maybe some people don't see it that way and, you know, or kind of think that it's, you know, Triple H and the way he runs things is overhyped. You know, some people may feel that, you know, you know, yeah, we've been talking about this. No shit, Dick Tracy. But, you know, I wanted to bring it up because we are getting close to WrestleMania. And, and like I said, let's look at it now since we've been, at, you know, looking at him in power for the last two years. All right, Steve. So how do you look at it? Is this something that you know, um, is a fabric change or is WrestleMania what it is? Uh, <laughs> an American Bam Bam, you're, you're right, Simon. He, he says that he believes the saying is no shit, Sherlock. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, Steve, yeah, is it is it something that WrestleMania itself will change, or is it just the storylines and booking that change? What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, what Triple H's uh, role in WrestleMania going forward is? So the thing is, we've gotten a great look at the the storylines and the progression of things since Triple H has had the book, and quite frankly, it's been a seismic shift from where things were under Vince, especially the last couple of years. Um, Storylines are more coherent. You've got more, you know, you've got more uh, credibility behind each character. Um, I, I am noticing more of a, an emphasis on building characters. You've got continuity between week to week to week because your script isn't being rewritten a half hour before each show. Um so I think that all that stuff, we all know that. Okay. But where do we go post mania? And that is honestly where I'm excited for. Um, I, I think that what we've seen is leading into WrestleMania. And I think that this, this WrestleMania has the potential to go down as, as an all time great one. Um, and, you know, with storylines being fulfilled, all of the, all of the, uh, the different, um, 
all of the different plots and, and twists and angles and everything that they've been doing, things are shaping up to make this WrestleMania a very good one. Um, but I am very interested to see where we go post mania with triple H running things. Um, and we'll see if Vince has his hand in things creatively, uh, if things start to take a certain turn post mania. Yeah. I mean, obviously there could be a little bit of a Vince influence, but, um, realistically, don't you think, uh, that it has that feeling of <laughs> when you, when you are around an old man and you're just trying to make him think that he's doing something good <laughs> and just kind of, you know, uh, pleasing him in, in the sense of like, you know, taking the words and just twisting them just a little bit differently to make him think that he thought of something or, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I really don't think that the idea of Vince McMahon is much of anything anymore um, outside of, you know, the company being sold. Uh, that's, that's really it. Now, if Vince, then if they sell a company that allows Vince to take total control back, then he will. There's no doubt. Um, but it's interesting. You said since Triple H has had the book, what is fascinating is that yet Meltzer still thinks that Tony Khan was the booker of the year, which is interesting because you just laid it out. You have to have coherent storylines. You have to be building people. You have to also take in fact that, you know, with SmackDown and with um, Raw, you have five hours of TV programming on two major networks. One of them being a prime time actual network network. So for what he's been doing, that should be a lot of pressure when you step into it. It's not, hey, daddy's got money and we got a TV deal. So we're going to just, you know, do whatever we want to do. He's under and has to answer to all those, you know, investors in terms of them being a public company as well. So there's a lot more factors that go into the fact that he's doing this job um, on a little more higher level than just being a creative booker. You know, there's so much more that goes into this monster of the WWE than just being able to put matches together and just put them out there. And who gives a crap if the acclaimed are over and then one day, yeah, let's stop putting them on TV. You know, so that that really is. And also Triple H is one of the guys who the boys respect, whereas I don't know if Tony Khan is really a respected guy as much as someone the boys like because he's easy to have, uh, you know, them, you know, he listens to them and then does what they tell him to do. So it's it's a give or take there. Whether it affects WrestleMania or not, WrestleMania is its own machine. Um, we'll see. You know, I think it's more of the storylines and, and the progression of who actually gets to wrestle in WrestleMania. But um, we'll see that. Uh, count number two. Uh, this comes from WrestlingInc.com. Uh, Jake Roberts labels MJF the best talker, but he has a problem with going too far. 
Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts said MJF is the best talker in the business by far, but he believes the AEW world champion sometimes takes things too far. While making an appearance on the Cafe de Rene podcast, Rene Dupree, uh, Roberts asked about MJF's interaction with a young fan at AEW Revolution a few weeks ago during MJF's match against Brian Danielson. He grabbed a beverage from a woman and tossed it in her son's face. Quote, anything where you do something to a fan is too much, Roberts said. Here's the thing, guys. The fans are the ones that make you. Don't say, hey, you fat fucking bitch. There's no need for that. Number one, she's probably she probably is a fat bitch. Gotta love Jake, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the kids beside her, no mama is fat. She doesn't need to be reminded. Is she coming back to an AEW show in the future? I doubt it because the kids are crying. That guy made fun of mama, and I'm not coming back for that shit. Robert said MJF needs to show some restraint stating that you got to keep control of your shit. AEW owner Tony Khan revealed that he had a serious conversation with MJF about the incident. Khan said MJF did not act like a champion with his actions, but the young boy, whose name is Titus, was a real pro about it. MJF's only response to the incident was that the kid looked thirsty. All right, so I brought this out just because I love the fact that Jake Roberts is the one who is uh, talking about this, right? Uh, if you listen to almost anyone who uh, has watched wrestling for the past 40 years, uh, Jake Roberts is probably the most respected promotional guy in the business in terms of what he does on the microphone. Uh, his psychology and his ring psychology are above and beyond some of the best in the history of the business. When you have someone who respects the mic skills of someone for being a superb heel, that's a high praise. But he does have a fine point when he brings out the fact that you don't need then to go farther for the cheap heat. And that's all that is, is cheap heat. Um, it's very simple to rip on someone's appearance or uh, put down fans. Uh, I know, Steve, if you guys go back and you listen to a wrestling talk uh, this past week, uh, Steve, you made a mention of, um, you know, the fact that AEW has basically put down an edict, no more talking about the fans' bodies. Uh, which is a very odd thing to have to put down, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, it also goes to show, I think, one of the differences between the WWE's production value and what it's come to be over the years and AEW's growing pains that are still there and are going to be there for a long time. And that is simply that there's no one in AEW who was basically wrangling the guys back and saying, hey, instead of approaching it this way, why don't you approach it that way? Why don't you take the time to, you know, try to make this happen instead of that happen? So, um, you know, in WWE, you would have done that. Chances are the guy would have been suspended or fired right away. So, um, you know, it's just an interesting thing that Jake Roberts was the one to 
talk upon this. All right, uh, Simon Street, what do you think about uh, Jake's observations on MJF? I think they were spot on, uh, 100%. Uh, I think that, you know, MJF is uh, definitely a different breed, more of what you'll see of today. You know, I was going to say tomorrow, but he's kind of here now. Uh, right. But at the same time, uh, there is a bit of a disconnect, you know, with uh, Jake's narrative and what wrestling will be today. Um, and I'm not saying 100 fully. I still think that you 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 shouldn't, um, you know, like you said, cheap heat, you know, at the expense of the crowd to try and build yourself up. You know, I mean, it is cheap. Right. But I will say that the uh, the way the entertainment value is today is, uh, you know, nothing short of. You know, people humiliating one another, dropping pipe bombs left and right, you know, telling it like it is, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying that it's right. And I'm not condoning it. I am saying that that is a cultural uh, form of entertainment. And so MJF being the kind of character he is, that's what he's slinging, basically. Right. Sure. Um, where it becomes a problem is, you know, I mean, I don't know how much and I know which incident was mentioned in this article where he threw the uh, soda pop, you know, at the kid. I I don't know how much of that was scripted. I honestly thought it was scripted. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would assume it's scripted, right? But, uh, you know, at what point, you know, what are you trying to do with him? Do you see what I'm saying? Are you trying to build him up to just be this major asshole, you know, champion? If that's the case, then you're succeeding, right? But if it's just something that you do all the time, I, you know, it, for me personally, it just gets old. But he's done this stuff before. He's done stuff in the beginning of his career before he had the belt where, you know, a kid came up for an autograph and he straight up bluntly said, oh, fuck you and threw the middle finger up. You know what I mean? So it's nothing new that he's done. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's one of those weird things to where, like, does it fit the times of what is acceptable entertainment wise? Yes, it is. 120%. I don't agree with it. Maybe because I'm getting up there in age. But uh, it is what it is. I hope we don't see too much of it in the business because, you know, I do look at it the same way you do, Michaels, and probably other people. It is kind of cheap at the expense of, you know, when I go see comics, I'm not looking for the comic that's pointing out everybody in the crowd dissing on them. If I want to do that, I would just go in the streets, you know what I'm saying, to see somebody just rip on somebody. But I do like somebody that's going to have stick and an actual art form, it, but that's just my taste. Uh, Steve, what do you think? Uh, this is your uh, AEW champion. Uh, is he acting like a champion should act, according to Tony Khan? I mean, realistically, I, I can see a couple of instances where he's gone over a line. Um, I, I get it, but I mean, if you're going to start you know, overwhelmingly policing the language to the extent that they are evidently going to be doing an AEW. Um, I mean, obviously, yes, the, the quick and easy response is to say, oh, well, the heels shouldn't have to rely on those things to get heat. But the fact is, it does get heat. You can call it cheap. You can call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, quite frankly, if you're at a wrestling show, and someone is a heel with a microphone, you're fair game. Everyone's fair game. It's just like at a comedy show. 
you mentioned you mentioned the comedy show. So yeah, if you're sitting front row, like like at the front table at a comedy show, you know that your ass is going to get roasted for absolutely anything. Let me ask and, you this. Let me, let me ask you this because yeah. I think that's I think that's a valid point. Absolutely, I, I, I agree hundred percent. But what's interesting here is that Jake talked specifically about calling mom a fat ass and them not coming back, right? But what wasn't addressed is what I think is actually the crossing of the line, and that is taking a drink and dumping it on a kid. So that, to me, is more of an issue than making fun of fans and stuff. And I think the only reason that they got in trouble on uh, on uh, Dynamite was because they used the word twat. And yeah. that, in England, it is a totally different, you yeah. know, use word than we do here so i mean is it is it kind of that fact that there is just some confusion in general on that being words and number two that mjf is so good at blurring the lines that he sometimes goes that step further in which he doesn't have to uh especially now you said soda simon at one point, I heard vodka. It was, it was, was tequila. Blood. Yeah. So, yeah. so the kid got drenched in in alcohol. Yeah. I will yeah. say though, I at least, will at least say he got though, to be on it, TV while he got it. the The thing is, like, if you go back and you look at the clip, the thing that stood out to me is the kid's he- uh, hood was up. He was a, he was at a wrestling show. He was indoors. Why was his hood up? I, I don't I don't quite get that unless he knew something was coming. And was mom's, mom's, cold mom's reaction <clears throat> mom's reaction seemed a little bit too melodramatic too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. well and, and no 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 but that but that's a good point because my whole thing if, if if it was a more realistic take on a mother, I would have saw more of a shock. Right. You exactly. know, than anything, you know, um if it had been more of the mom I grew up around with, MJF would have had his ass handed to him immediately. Gave yeah. zero fucks. <laughs> the paws would have came out. So, well, and, and and that begs even a, a deeper question, and that is <laughs> uh, when you look at something like that. Now, WWE for years, if they have something that is a set fan interaction, uh, we basically know it's not like it's it's something that is a wrestling storyline. Like they are obviously not a fan, you know, it's pretty obvious here. Why the hell then are you trying to plant stuff to, are you trying to just get publicity? Are you trying to get people to watch your show? Like what is, you know what? I've said it before. It's, it's just the way that AEW gets down. Like there's no rhyme or reason for shit. Sometimes it don't make sense at the time, and then later on they 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 find a way to reveal the equation of why they did it. it it's just how they run their company, man. I I don't understand half the shit, anyways. But it is entertaining, though. Yeah, well, it's you know it's it's something to always think about, and and that is behavior between you know performers and the fans. So definitely, uh, and and again, so you know Jake Roberts. So you got to listen to the man. All right, third count. Tony Khan rants on anti-AEW fans online, says Fridays are when he corrects the record via Twitter. Um, 
AEW president Tony Khan had another interesting Friday night on Twitter this week. Cubs fan, who has been covering Lucha Libre for many years, tweeted on his Lucha blog account about users who just write who in response to various posts about someone else. Khan responded to the random post and went off about anti-AEW fans. Cubs fan wrote, you're not, the, you're not expected to know who everyone is. I know a lot of people, and there still are others I'm learning about every day, but also, if you have the time to type who and click post, you also have the time to Google posting who is just waving a I'm a goof, ignore me flag. Khan responded, they aren't doing it to be genuine. A large percentage of those replies aren't from real people. A lot of them are accounts that upon inspection seem to only exist to question and rip AEW. And most of their other content seems to be a cover story to justify the existence of these accounts. Khan then posted a follow-up tweet to continue ranting on anti-AEW fans. Quote, one of my favorite bits they do is when they claim they used to love AEW in the old days, but not anymore. Yet, when you dig into their old posts, there's nothing positive on AEW ever. Yes, I'm sure you all used to be great fans despite no evidence of that whatsoever. Hashtag AEW Rampage Hero. A fan asked if anyone has, quote, ever been this perpetually online before, and Khan responded with a reminder of how long he's been following pro wrestling online. Quote, I've been online since the Grandstand Wrestling Forum on Dial-Up American Online. Hashtag AEW Rampage tonight, Khan wrote. Khan earlier mentioned how often he, uh, Khan mentioned how he often takes Friday nights to correct the record on Twitter. This exchange began when a fan asked Dave Meltzer if wrestlers, presumably in the WWE, are still paying for their own car rentals and hotels. Meltzer responded and said it's taken care of for overseas tours, but not domestically. The tweet from Meltzer was made back on Saturday, March 11th, around midnight. Quote, overseas is taken care of. Domestic, they still pay for cars and hotels, Meltzer wrote. Khan responded and said Meltzer was wrong, as that may be the case for other companies, but he makes a huge weekly investment in hotel rooms for talent, while the company also spends millions each year on hotels and transportations for the wrestlers. That's false, Dave. Your statement's true about other companies, but doesn't apply at all to AEW. AEW invests millions of dollars every year on very good quality hotel rooms and safe transportation to take care of our wrestlers. It's a huge investment I make on hotels weekly. Hashtag AEW Rampage, Con wrote. <laughs> <laughs> a fan joke with Khan that Melcher's account had been hacked, but Khan apparently did not get the joke. Khan wrote back, quote, that might that may be, but he wrote that before he got hacked. And tonight is Friday night when I often correct the record on things I find to be inaccurate before hashtag AEW Rampage on at TNT drama. 
and then it goes on with uh, some responses and stuff but all right steve this was your story that you put just to make me read it yep uh what uh what do you have to say about uh tony khan and hashtag aew rampage on friday nights at tnt drama <laughs> are we on okay great uh yeah i'm telling you man the uh this shit's funny um tony khan just flipping out about every little thing and of course continuing to plug aew rampage because no one watches it and uh you know you got to get some sort of uh traction you got to find some way to build some sort of buzz so yeah you get tony khan out there to uh actually correct one dave Meltzer. i'm sure that uh michaels you probably didn't see that one coming uh, actually it, it, a well, a well-worded takedown of Dave Meltzer. Who would have thought when, you, right? When, when someone's on your payroll and then you dig into them, that's, that's definitely got to hurt. <laughs> um, but it, in all, in all seriousness, I, I did obviously want to post the, or to mention this as a story, because we did have the conversation uh, a while back when he initially mentioned that you know there were there was an army of bots on Twitter, um, and he actually mentioned that about a year ago now because uh, it was right around WrestleMania last year when he made that claim, and um, we haven't seen these the results of that survey that he insisted that he paid millions of dollars to have conducted. So uh, TK, if you're watching, man, we got we got to have the team, man. We got to have we got to have all that shit. Let let us let us get all of the info on the Twitter bots and the a- anti AEW Twitter trolls. Um, Steve, it, I got I, you know what we should do. What's up? We should be we should be the ones who take this to Congress to get an investigative committee to get see if there request. are troll bots. <laughs> Pro wrestling websites. <laughs> oh shit! It, there should be like a documentary. I'm down. Why not? I want a documentary. Wrestling bots. It's not like they got it's not in the ring doing right now anyway. Yeah, exactly. Simon <laughs> um, Street, what what do you think of uh, Mr. Khan's uh, you know insistence online? And uh, the man is a. Uh, I guess you would call him owner of a football team. Uh, Does he, I mean, does he do this to football fans too, or is this just wrestling fans? I think he needs to go back to the, uh, the, the, you know, the regular brand that he had last time that he, that he messes with because this brand he's going to switch to over here, man, got your boy wilding out. I don't even know. Like, like really, like really, really. Yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> Tony Khan is a reflection of AEW, not in a bad way for my my taste. He's entertaining. He's somebody that I don't know why I find myself sometimes spending way longer than what I normally would for someone stating what he is stating but somebody else. He's just entertaining. I don't know I why. He's he's just a different type a dude and i'm saying it like that dude because he is not what traditionally we've ever seen in the business um he definitely uh 
is a splash of a little bit of uh you know a lot of these other guys that just own shit and they get on twitter and they get on social media and they just figure like hey why would i pay you when i just speak for myself there's a reason why you should probably pay them but hey you know what i'm gonna go get me some popcorn some something to drink and i'm just gonna watch here and be entertained and that's what you're gonna do week in and week out bless this man so but you need to switch back to that other that other stuff you was used to bros don't go chasing waterfalls stick to the regular powder you used to i'm gonna leave it at that uh, a, a TLC reference for uh, for Tony Khan's uh, alleged use of uh, things that uh, get uh, put up the uh, the nostrils, shall we Booger say? Booger sugar. What you said? What you call it? Booger sugar. Booger sugar. Ah, love that shit. Hashtag booger sugar. The real white shit. <laughs> Uh, you know what's what's really interesting about this whole thing is that um, I have never seen anyone um, really, uh, except I think we we've seen it a little in a guy like Donald Trump. Um, people who are so insecure in themselves that anything that is said negatively about them in any form then is met with a response of how that is wrong. Tony Khan has constantly, if you listen to, you know, the evolution of his press conferences, uh, whether they be after show or pre, you know, a couple days leading into the show, if there is anything that is asked or stated uh, that is questioning what he does, he gets really defensive or upset about it which you don't have to that's the thing with this it's fucking pro wrestling who cares like it's your company you're doing what you do so you can spin a positive light on your company but don't get mad that there are people who um you know have opposing opinions or or want to know a little bit more on why you did certain things um if you look at Hunter doing these press conferences after WWE now, it's it's crazy because here's a guy who will listen to the question and then will give you an answer. And that's it. Like, there's no animosity. There's no nothing. He just listens to it and gives you an honest answer. And he thinks about it. That's the one thing I find about Tony. And, and I know we joke and, and many people joke about the potential of him being on substances and the reason being is that the pace of the comeback is just so erratically quick that it makes you question if he's rationally thinking about what is actually being asked of him or if he's just hearing a negative you know and and again there are not a lot of businessmen who do this but there are a number of them out there and unfortunately with that that's when you got a question why would you want to deflect something and just make everything about you perfect right because the honest answer is is that you look at any business design any business person nothing is perfect so you are going to have people who are going to detract from you or 
you know, I mean, the idea that these are just bots, there could be some truth in that. But unless you do put a million dollar report out and, and really find out, how the hell are you ever going to be able to prove this, right? So now you're just saying that's the truth and that that's the only reason that people are saying negative things or putting out negative things is because people are just trying to purposely sink us. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that if you look at their numbers, listen, they have to do good house show numbers. They have to because they got to build that base. And so far it's been good. But now when you have, you know, the second year, when that starts coming around the next year, are your numbers going to go down? Their television taping numbers went down. Um, you're, of course, going to do the smart thing, hopefully, and only do a television taping in one city, maybe once a year or twice a year at most, right, at this point. The way you start it is not the way you need to evolve it. So hopefully if you can build your audience you're going to have more positive feedback and less negativity but so far look at your own booking <laughs> and that's the thing look at your own booking i think that one of the reasons fans are pissed off is because when it started there was coherency there were storylines you can follow there were characters you're starting to develop because you had to because no one knew anything about anyone right it was a new company and then you brought in cm punk which was huge for wrestling fans and then you got rid of cm punk which was huge for wrestling fans so unless he comes back um you know you're, you're still going to have this bit of negativity just revolving around him so you, you know, I wanted to, to kind of quickly add to some of that. <clears throat> I think some of the better successful uh, people in business are people not so much of, you know, uh, the big strides that they make in business. Because if you really look at business in general, as long as you survive the first swing of it, you're going to have ups and downs. It is what it is. You're going to have it. Right. But the biggest thing is, is how you react to, you know, negative press. How do you uh, navigate through uh, roadblocks and, you know, people's perceptions of your product, you know, whether you should change this, whether you should make this, you know what I mean? That is what, you know, uh, and I know I and and you, Michaels, have talked about, I even think, you know, since Steve has talked about as well, you know, everybody knows, you know, Mr. Khan's going to have to change some things, you know what I mean? Because your company will only evolve as much as the top goes because everything rolls downhill shit rolls downhill it does in any company so i hope that mr khan can can really start you know don't worry about that negative press don't worry you shouldn't say friday is when you address any and that. that ain't your job get somebody else to do that you see what i'm saying utilize your time to do some other shit because i get I, it's cool that you've been in the biz for as long as you have but i'm gonna be honest with you you still got a ways to go yeah there's no doubt. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when this kind of stuff comes out, you know, it just it all 
then becomes even more like, well, is this serious or is this just something to laugh at? So we'll see more about Tony in the future, obviously. But for now, we are going to wrap it up. Simon Street, any final thoughts? Uh, definitely want to give some final thoughts. Uh, you know, normally I don't um, really give like eulogies or anything like that. And we have had some people that have passed away in the business very recently. But for once, I'm going to kind of go outside of the box for wrestling, but into somebody that has been quite an iconic uh, person that you may not remember who he is, but you would have remembered the voice if you heard the voice. And if you know, you know, and that is on uh, March 17th, we lost um, uh, Lance Reddick. And if you didn't know, he played on The Wire. Uh, he also played on um, uh, many of different shows, particularly John Wick. Uh, you know, and for me personally, uh, you know, has been a voice in many of video games, uh, you know, Horizon Dawn, that's on PlayStation. But more importantly for me, I'm a big Destiny guy. Anybody that knows me knows I play Destiny. And he has been the voice for, uh, you know, a video game that I've played since 2000, uh, you know, uh, 13, 14. So, he, you know, when you play a game like that often, you hear this person's voice. Uh, you know, uh, my deepest sympathy and condolences to uh his wife and his uh, and his family that he's left behind. Um, he was taken way too young. You know, 60 years old uh, is still is, is young in 2023. And, uh, you know, uh, we definitely lost a good one. And it was definitely a, a iconic voice and a, just a unique type of uh, actor. So uh, with that, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the podcast and uh, supporting us. And we appreciate all, um, you know, that you do to take time and spend time with us knuckleheads. All right, Sensei Steve. Awesome. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. As Simon had mentioned, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, very special thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country, whether you're doing that on lands foreign or domestic. Thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code VEGAS at checkout and save yourself 15%. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And as DJ would say, until next week, everybody, happy wrestling. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.